Hello, listeners, watchers, readers. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm Parker, and this is Kana with the Interim Expert Team. Uh, today, we have Gloria Chan Packer of Recalibrate, and she is the principal advisor there. So I will turn it over to her to give a little synopsis of what she does. Hello, y'all. As Parker mentioned, my name is Gloria Chan Packer. I'm the principal advisor and also the founder of Recalibrate. We're a workplace mental wellness provider that really tries to focus on delivering more of a modern and science-backed approach to mental wellness for go-getters and busy professionals, like I'm sure many of you are and can relate to. Um, a fun kind of tidbit is that I founded Recalibrate two and a half years ago when workplace mental wellness was barely, if, if even a thing, yeah. Um, after spending about a decade in management and technology consulting, uh, where I was a senior engagement manager, um, and I, I joke that I became an expert in stress before an expert in mental wellness, but had my own kind of personal, unexpected medical battle in the middle of a really fulfilling and challenging career um, that forced me to learn a lot more about the science behind the mental wellness experiences we share, like stress and anxiety and pressure to perform. Um, and it just led me to really think that so many of us high achievers probably need more of that analytical fact-based informational look at mental wellness to help break some of the stigmas that we have swirling around us. Yeah. I think um, it's interesting that you, you really place emphasis on the medical and the science-backed approach because I think one of my first questions for you is, you know, when Recalibrate goes into these companies and offers their services or you take on a new client, um, you know, do you get pushback depending on the age level of the cohort that, you know, that makes up that company? Um, do you find that you have an easier time with younger companies? You know, overall, I, I would say that we have a really big variety um, in our demographics and we have attempted to see if we can delineate if there are trends but then at the same time we also really like to focus on having a good mixture of anything from age level to industry to gender um, to make sure that our services feel accessible to everyone um, so it's been a kind of tricky question to answer. I think that anecdotally, you'll generally think that people who are younger and are in younger companies will gravitate towards this more. And I do, where I do think that's true, I also don't think that it's necessarily true that older companies um, are anti, because there have been some pretty traditional straight-laced companies that have been pretty open-minded, um, especially as I think COVID hit on taking care of their people's mental wellness that even it has surprised me in certain moments. Yeah, do you, do you feel like, um, you know, you have more people coming to recalibrate and willing to kind of take up the job of making sure everyone on their team or in their company is good and is solid, especially now in 2020, in the last, you know, six, nine months, as opposed to prior to this year? Yes. Certainly. Um, I would say from our clients that we have one chunk of clients who I kind of see as our trailblazers who were bought in ahead of the curve and before I think mental wellness was more in our faces um, and investing in it consistently. And then we had 
another fraction of our, our clients who were really curious about investing in it, um, but were kind of taking more of a tactical approach as they were, I think, figuring out what the ROI is and, and how people liked it. Um, and it's especially been those latter group, the more tactical clients that we did things here and there for um, that have really, I think, recognized the need more. Because yeah. I think just overall for most of us, we all know that mental health is important, but it's not until I think something really tough happens that it's a little bit more in your face. It's almost like physical health where we all know like I should eat well and eat my veggies, but it's not till you have something happen that you're like, oh shit, I really need to do something more about this. And I think that's um, somewhat of the dynamics here um, with mental illness too. That makes absolute sense. Do you feel like you've um, like had to make any big changes with your business model since COVID hit in terms of like, um, it seems like before you were doing a little bit more in-person workshops. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you, how are you sh shifting and operating now? The first really big change is what you alluded to. Uh, we were mostly in-person. Um, both me and our kind of leadership team had felt like being in-person was pretty important for just talking about some topics that can be a little bit more personal and tender. Yeah. Um, and so switching to virtual was a really big change, but ended up being fairly seamless because I think the rest of the world was changing to it at the same time. Um, some of the other maybe smaller, more nuanced changes is really in updating what our services look like and what topics we're talking about trying to adapt and respond to what we're seeing and feeling on the ground with our, our client employees. Um, talking about burnout, um, where I think almost everyone is either on a spectrum from what I'm calling crispy, which is like not quite burnout, but definitely getting overdone, getting crispy, um, to just feeling burnt out. And many of our kind of HR and people culture leaders are noticing that people are almost getting blindsided and surprised by their own burnout because we are working generally the same jobs or in the same number of hours, but that there's something there that is just causing us to feel so much more fatigued. Um, so that's a big area that we're diving into and are expecting us to continue to in 2021. Um, but I think also just there's so much more need for letting people have some guidance and accountability around checking in with themselves um, and checking in with each other too, that we're focusing a lot on. I love that. Uh, real quick, you, you mentioned um, a little bit ago, the ROI that companies are seeing from kind of having these mental illness programs in place. What have you been seeing there? So a lot of our impact measures are on how employees report um, their own ability to manage and cope and be aware of their own stress levels. Um, and then we also have self-reported self measures around focus and productivity because of that. Um, you know, I am someone who always geeks out on analytics and have always, many of my clients will attest to this, I always like to try to just nudge us more and more to become really rigorous with efficacy measures, um, but there's part of that that's an uphill battle because I think 
so many people are like sick of surveys and have so much survey fatigue um, that for me personally, I would like to see more metrics, but because I think for a lot of our clients, our, their employees are just really happy with and um, have a lot of qualitative positive feedback for us. They don't really feel as much urgency around digging into the ROI metrics, um, but that's always something on my mind um, in trying to have more rigor and research there because I I think all our clients qualitatively know this, so they don't feel like we need to do the quantitative work, but I so much want to be able to have more tangible metrics on how being able to show up with emotional intelligence and awareness allows you to know what's going on within you so you know what adjustments you need to make in your own work, um, but also to be able to have that awareness for who you work with and who you lead, because that's such a big part of our workplaces and, and our everyday experiences is how we work with each other too. And I would argue that so much of what makes or breaks a job for people and makes or breaks big things that are costly, like retention and turnover and fulfillment and internal and external brand for a company is how happy people are working. Um, and so there's this like one giant camp that I know I bought into at one point in time being very rigid management consultant from life person um, where it's like emotions don't have a place in the workplace. You check it out the door. But in reality, especially after I lived that world and especially as I saw my own natural emotional skills serve me really well, um, I think that's a little bit of a fallacy where like, yeah, you don't want to walk into work and have a meltdown every day. Um, mm -hmm. But we all have emotions um, and whether or not you're aware of them, they're at play with every single thing at work. And it's not just negative emotions, but there are so many positive emotions that drive value and how a business thrives, um, how people are motivated and inspired and how they bring customers on and retain them. Like all of that is, emotion um and now i realize i'm completely on a tangent and soapbox now no, we love it started. <laughs> i think it's I, I really am interested and fascinated with um the fact that you and i you know recalibrate as a whole i feel like you're not just stopping at we want our employees to be happier we want your employees to be happier in the workplace or feel more mentally well but you're really saying no we have science and we can measure um, you know, and, and generate data points to prove that what we can bring to the table really does, um, you know, boost efficiency across the board. And that's, it's cool that you don't stop there, but you kind of keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's important to always try to push on that. Um, yeah. while also I think balancing with the fact that some things you just might not be able to measure too. Uh, yeah. So it's a constant kind of ebb and flow. And um, I, I really enjoy being able to work with our partners on, on figuring out what that balance is for them. Absolutely. I think you really highlight um, what people are finally understanding is the importance of the balance between EQ and IQ. Um, kind of tapping into both the, the quantitative measures that you can tell you what's going to help your business be better, as well as the things that are a little bit fluffier, but just as important. 
and yeah. kind of tying those together in a very meaningful way. I mean, yeah. we always talk about the, um, the myth of the work-life balance because if you love what you do, your, yeah. li your work is a huge part of your life. Yeah. It's, what you, it's where you accomplish goals. It's where you meet people who are like-minded and you can grow passionate together about what you're doing and make a big difference. And I feel like that's what everybody's really striving for right now. And by doing what you're doing, I feel like you're really, um, and addressing the burnout, you're helping people regain that passion. Um, what are some things that you feel like your, the companies you've worked with are, have been experiencing and have come to you as common complaints outside of burnouts? What are some tips that you're, you're giving to kind of help with the overall tone of, uh, companies as they approach their employees right now? Um, one I think is just that stress and anxiety skyrocketed at the onset of us shifting into pandemic world yeah. and hasn't significantly let up. It's kind of stayed in that spiked level for a little bit, or um, I know I relate to this. I, I imagine some of your listeners or even y'all might, you kind of swing back and forth from feeling really, really stressed, but also energetic into really fatigued and like you don't want to do anything to where we're all still feeling a little bit wonky. Um, and so a lot of the topics that we've covered and the tone that we have helped our clients figure out how to, how to um, really broadcast to their organizations is one of more normalization, support and education. Um, when it comes to stress and anxiety is high, that is normal and you are not alone in that. Um, one thing that I think is really our secret sauce and what I built Recalibrate to do is helping people not just say it's normal, but this is how and why it is normal. This is what's happening in your brain when you're feeling really stressed. This is what biochemically happens when you're feeling anxious and why you can only remember all the times that things went wrong or why you feel completely irrational and like you can't sleep. It's because it's just this biological reflex of stress and anxiety. But also this is at the point where you might wanna go talk to someone and get a little bit of support um, so that people have a little bit more information um, when it comes to, oh my gosh, I'm feeling this really big change. What do I do about it? Because there is, there's a lot of change happening around this in our culture, but I think for most of us, we grew up in a culture where you only have room for pleasant emotions. And when it comes to the unpleasant emotions, we're all kind of taught and have internalized that that means something is wrong and that we either need to fix or get rid or eradicate those unpleasant emotions as soon as possible. We have no toolbox on how to do so. So we just assume that they're going to take care of themselves, which is the opposite of what happens um, and to be able to have conversations around this is this entire spectrum of unpleasant emotions that are really normal to happen when unpleasant things happen such as a global pandemic or um, a lot of really horrible civil rights and civil justice things that are happening or a wild ass election year um, it's normal to maybe have some unpleasant emotions and this is why they're happening and these are ways that you can manage through them every day, but also it's normal and okay to reach out to um, individual therapists, counselors too. And I think it gives our clients 
more room to help share some resources that they have that maybe people weren't taking advantage of before as well. I love that. I feel like you, you kind of touched a little bit on the idea of the fact that there is good change coming out of this, right? Like, I mean, there, there wasn't enough uh, emphasis on mental health when you first got into this two years ago, and now it's everywhere. And it's something that's been needing to be addressed for a really long time. Um, what are, what are some things that you think we should be embracing during this time of change and kind of keep using as trends moving forward and maybe even be exploring more? Yeah. Um, you know, on a, on a personal and individual level, I think that, um, tuning into yourself and how you're feeling is one big one, um, that, I'm seeing more people become aware of and be able to just notice that we have so much, many fluctuations in what we need and being able to go after that um, and communicate that outwardly. I think it's such a healthy way to not burn out in your work or personal life because burnout can happen in anything. It's not just the workplace. It's just kind of more where we talk about it. But so much burnout happens from us not noticing that we are emotionally and physically exhausted or stuck somewhere and our body starts to kind of shut down or fight back because we aren't noticing. And I think skill sets around just tuning into our own mental and emotional well-being will really help equip us to mitigate and maybe hopefully start to break cycles of burnout, whether it's inside or outside of the workplace for many of us. Um, the other thing personally that I'm seeing and that I hope continues um, is tuning into and kind of stepping into our resilience. Um, it has been a, a, a historical year in that so much happened. Um, and I, I, I'm, don't want to like over exaggerate or overstate or like be comparing apples to apples. But I've noticed that some people talk about the moment that you remember realizing that like shit was hitting the fan with COVID. Is it okay that I'm cursing by the way? Absolutely. It's fine. <laughs> Make sure. okay. um, everyone remembers like that moment of, oh my God, I was here. And I realized that like, oh, South by Southwest is canceled, like the nation shutting down, this is real. Um, and I don't think there's been another big historical moment like that for everyone since 9-11. And although they're not the same at all, I mean, I don't want to compare them. I think there's such a magnitude to it um, that that is huge. And at the same time, I think it's important to know that we in history have had events like this a lot um, and they're really big, but we've all figured out how to move past them and not let them like take us down. Um, and although it's been a really paramount year, I think it's important to also reflect on like that a lot of the struggle has also been magnified and I think that there are a lot of us who go through struggle like this in any other year when it's not magnified. It's just that we have a really big shared struggle right now. Um, people 
get sick and die a lot. People struggle with terminal illness a lot. People struggle with illnesses that don't have cures a lot. Um, people have faced racism and civil injustice forever. Um, and although I don't by any means want to downplay what we've faced and the magnitude that we've faced it this year, I also think I want to point out that we've all lived through different flavors of such struggle, even when it hasn't been 2020 and even when it hasn't been magnified and that we've showed growth and resilience through it. And we have all showed it through this year. Um, and that even though 2021 probably won't be perfect and won't be like the magic cure, um, that will likely continue being able to. And I, I, I want to encourage people to really step into that resilience and um, remember their power and their agency in that even after a really rough year um, that it is a crazy year but also every other year you've probably been able to identify tragedy and struggles you've had that you've been able to move through um, and that you'll be able to keep doing so yeah absolutely love that I feel like that's a really good sentiment to kind of go out on but I just want to ask what's um what's one step because I feel like a lot of times, I mean, we're all in therapy here. Let's be real. <laughs> Our therapists yeah, are being very excited. I was going to mention that. I mean, you know, I, in the last nine months, started going to weekly therapy. Kana, in the last two months, I think, has started mm -hmm. going to a session as well. And we, um, you know, I am very happy to work in an environment where, um, you know, our therapy blocks can possibly be, you know, on a work day on the calendar and we both know that and we both see that and we acknowledge that and respect that for each other. Um, so I think that's been super important for us, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's a sacred thing, it's important. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so one thing that you can do for yourself, um, I think one, Oh, there are so many. What am I going to pick? Yeah. Well, you can, you can pick a couple just for, for our audience. If they're, if, they're, if they're struggling from burnout, if they've got a company, there's, everybody's coming from different walks of life. When yeah. This. yeah. But what is just one step that you can do that's just, that's moving forward yeah. and, and, and kind of getting out of that rut? Maybe just acknowledging. One baby step that I think everyone should take every day, if not in multiple moments every day, is when you notice feeling overwhelmed or stressed, or even if you're not, just to take three really deep breaths, to breathe so deep, I call it, we call them belly breaths, that your stomach expands when you breathe in and then comes out down when you breathe out. Um, so you can just kind of help reset your nervous system from the stress response for a sec. And then tune in and just ask yourself what would feel nourishing right now. Um, I think a lot of times we get stuck in how to take care of ourselves because we ask what we should do. And although that seems really easy, it's become more complex with how much external judgment and comparison we live in. Um, and I think just tuning into what would feel nourishing right now helps us drop a lot of that complexity. Um, and remember that it is not a one size fits all answer and that it can be the smallest thing, um, drinking water, taking three more deep breaths, uh, giving someone in your household a hug, um, calling a friend, any and all of the above um, are tiny acts of self-care. And I think 
just tuning into what would feel nourishing in this moment and then going after that as soon as you can is how you start to build just that forward momentum. But it's also how, um, like you alluded to, how we start to move forward. Um, you have to break through kind of that, that mental place that sometimes we get stuck in of, I don't know what I'm going to do or, or feeling helpless is understandable, but rough and get sticky. And so finding the smallest thing you can do just to start to reestablish your own agency and empowerment, even if it's um, just making sure you eat a healthy lunch uh, or um, thinking about something you're grateful for, I, I think can be one of the biggest small game changers in our days. That's absolutely wonderful. I love that. I think those small steps are really just kind of the gateway to more, right? Yeah. And I think I was applying the workplace too. I recognize I was only focusing personally, but asking that question really applies in our work too, um, around would it feel more nourishing to power through your to-do list because you've been procrastinating it mm -hmm. or are you exhausted and you need to delegate some stuff? And I think in different moments, the answer is different. And being able to tune into what you need is really important in your workplace, whether you're an individual contributor or a leader of people too. Um, and I think especially being able to model that for each other in the workplace, like you guys were talking about, um, is so important and will really help fuel change. Absolutely. I love that. Well, it's, it's that concept of, um, and the airplane where you're supposed to put the mask on first before putting it on your child. Like you can't help anybody if you're, if you're gasping for air, right? Yeah. If you don't know where you're going, if you're flailing, but if you take care and center yourself first, you're suddenly much more available and helpful for everybody around you. And yeah. that's so important. Thousand percent. Well, I mean, this has been absolutely wonderful. Um, yeah. We know that you've worked with massive companies like Humana, Outdoor Voices, uh, Whole Foods, uh, HEB Favor, Atlass Atlassian. I mean, there's so many huge companies, um, but what types of companies and what types of people should be reaching out to you guys um, in the future? You know, we do work with a lot of global massive companies, um, but we also think it's really important to make sure that we are accessible to smaller companies too. Um, and, and try to have services that tailor to really any size and really industry. So it can be anyone in any workplace, um, nonprofit or for-profit, small company or big company. Um, we really want to focus on just delivering mental wellness and mindfulness in the workplace that helps support people. Um, and I think that can come in many shapes and sizes. Wonderful. Is there anything else you want to you want to talk about before we we log off? No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Gloria. That was like, you know, this conversation specifically is really important. And it's funny, I can't tell you how many um, times we've been talking to other individuals in different industries, not anything similar to recalibrate. And the conversation still gets back to mental health. Yeah. Um, and especially in the last couple of months, you know, so thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. Um, and we will sign off for now. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. I really appreciate you um, prioritizing this conversation too, because I think that's, well, that's a huge part of the part of the change as well. Um, so I appreciate you guys as well. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank All you. Right. Perfect. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.